Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're talking about a topic that uh, we simply call sharenting, right? Mm -hmm. It's this phenomenon of parents sharing a whole bunch about their kids on the in the world of social media, but it didn't really start with social media, did it? Parents no. have been making their kids do things for a long time. Yes, yours and my parents. Uh, I'll just speak for me. My mom and dad, whenever guests would be over on demand, would want me to tell a joke, perform a little soft shoe or whatever I had learned to do at <laughs> seven years old. And yeah, you're just doing what my... But you've, you had that same thing happen oh, yeah. probably. I had, yeah, I had two or three jokes that I... Every time friends came over to the house, every time the family was together, I was, they'd say, Andrew, get over here, tell those jokes, you know? Yeah. But I, re I remember vividly there was a moment um, when I was a younger kid, probably seven, eight years old, that I went to my grandmother's retirement party. Okay. And I don't, I don't know if I was sort of pushed into the center of the room or if I went there willingly, but I entertained the whole room. And <laughs> for literally for like 10 or 15 years after that, I would have these elderly ladies who I didn't know who would be coming up to me and going, you were the funniest little kid I've ever seen that <laughs> night, you know? Uh, and I was like, I have no idea who you are because yeah. I was seven yeah. years old. But yeah, no, I, I did a lot of things on cue back then. No doubt about it. But today, listeners, this little phenomenon we're talking about yeah. has changed. The, Absolutely. the game has changed, this sharenting game, and the consequences has ha, have, have changed. So... um. Here's a great illustration, Andrew, of what we're talking about. Yeah. So um, this one particular story, it all started when April, who was Christine's youngest daughter, was five years old. Mm. Christine knew April was going to be their baby's, uh, their excuse me, their family's last baby, so she wanted to document everything. Yeah. You know, take pictures from the last iPhone opportunity. And, yeah, that's right. We're going to do everything. And of course, the baby of a family of children often gets a different set of rights yep. and Lots privileges. Lots of attention. Yeah. Yes, that's mm -hmm. right. So um, she took pictures of April all the time and then was posting. Well, by the time April was 10, she was avoiding photo ops with mom. She wow. tried to get out of the picture, she literally. She started be, like, realizing what was going on. Yeah, she was shying away from the camera. By 13, when she had a phone of her own, April began to witness on social media just how much mom had posted on both Facebook and Instagram. And she just—mom didn't realize it. April, as a 13-year-old, felt violated. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you're my mother, and I love you, but you're doing things to me that you have no idea. Yeah, uh, and is, you were doing happening. them before I even realized what was happening. In That's a lot right, of too. yeah. So eventually, as a teen, uh, April requested her mom to stop sharing photos of her. Don't share any more photos. And by the way, Andrew, this is not a an isolated incident. No. I know of many, many, many... Uh, middle school, high school, and college students that say, Mom, I'm, I'm just saying don't, please, yeah, yeah. you know, don't do it. So um, now, this is interesting. When April finally did ask her mom to, to stop doing it, Christine didn't get it. And, and Christine's a wonderful lady. She's, not, she's not, certainly not stupid. But Christine was surprised, and she said, but this is what everybody does. Uh, isn't it, sweetheart, you know? Uh, you post pictures too, don't you? Why wouldn't you want your mother to do the same? 
And it, it was at that point, April actually had to go into the details of what it was doing to her emotions, mm-hmm. to her relationships. Yep. She was embarrassed yeah. at what mom had, you know, friends were teasing her and bullying her. So it was not a pretty picture, and mom had no idea. So here's the bottom line real quick before we jump into the big topic, listeners. Social media has become a game changer on many fronts. Um, once something's posted, it's out there, and far too often we, as caring adults, are playing the short game, not the long game. Yeah. This is funny today, or maybe even funny in a week, or once they see it next week, but we're not thinking, you you know, these kids are not going to have to live with this. Yep. Our impetuous decision is now out there, and they're going to have to live with it. Yeah, so. so they're actually stuck with a problem that we didn't experience, right? Yeah. So those of us who were adults, and even myself, I got... I put myself on social media for the first time. I made yeah. that choice, right? Yeah. When I would got my first social media account, I beat my parents to social media. Yeah. So I was the one that put it out there. Today's kids didn't get to make that choice, mm-hmm. and they are entering this world of social media sometimes a decade after they're they've been documented and added to that world. And so, yeah. a lot of ways, they're they're catching up on it. I I've met young people who said once they put their uh, you know profile photo out there and put their name out there, Facebook and other platforms went and found every image that had ever been posted yeah. of them and created the connection to their yeah. profile. And all of a sudden their, their library of images of themselves is instantly full and yeah. they just signed up for social media. Yes. It's yeah. a new phenomenon and we've got to talk about it. Yeah. So here's the big $64,000 question, which by the way, that was a television show before your time, okay. but we'll talk about that. I've on heard it time. somewhere before. Yes, I'm yeah. sure you have. History book, maybe. <laughs> um, so what happens when heartfelt ambitions of parenthood meet the ubiquitous opportunities of social media? Well, that's our subject today, and that's the topic of a book that Leah Plunkett just wrote called Sharenthood. Don't you love that? <laughs> Sharenthood, why we should think before we talk about our kids online. Mm. Um, Plunkett argues uh, that sharenting happens anytime an adult who's in charge of a child's well-being such as a parent or a teacher, transmits private details about a child via digital channels. That's a great definition, I think, of what this means. You're sharing, but it's not just you're talking to your best friend next door. It's now out there in public. And the problem, of course, is even though we we may be the parent or guardian, kids are human. Yes. And they're not our, our... possessions necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So they're vulnerable and they know that a picture posted is now quote unquote out there for anyone to see at any time in the future. So the debate over sharenting remains, is it a right or is it a request we make of our kids? So I want to say that again. Is it a right we have as parents or is it a request we make of our kids? And we're going to argue for just to be a spoiler alert here. It's, it should be a request. And yeah. then listen when they if they hesitate or pause or kind of shake their head or try to scoot or, you know, skirt around the book, you need to say, okay, I'm just not going to post it. So before we talk about the sort of like principles of, and the fact that it is a, a request we should be making, I, I'm sure there's one or two people listening at least who are thinking, this is the subject of your whole podcast. It doesn't really seem yeah. like that big yeah. of a deal, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of evidence out there that's suggesting it's a really big deal. And not just because our kids don't want us to post those things, there could actually be a consequence or two uh, from it. Yeah, absolutely. So Andrew's studies estimate that by 2030, which is less than a decade away, nearly two-thirds of identity fraud cases affecting today's children will have resulted from sharenting. Two-thirds. So there'll be adults by then having trouble with their credit, with this, that, or the other, 
because back in the day, mom and dad, and I'm telling you, 66%, that's the majority. I yep. mean, I'm no math major, but yep. uh, that's the majority. Yep. So parents, just think about this. Yep. You may lead to a real challenge yep. for your kids as adults uh, because of this. Absolutely. When mom and, mom and dad posts information, they're often not thinking long-term. I know I alluded to that fact earlier, but let's let's double-click on this. They're simply thinking about the responses they're going to get online. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a parent. I do, too. But short-term thinking almost always costs someone in the form of unintended consequences. When we post something, it can be cut apart, remixed, or re-edited in inappropriate videos. And this happens all the time. <clears throat> Post work is a big industry right now. It really is. It really is. And it's so easy to do those things. So if I was to, uh, for instance, post, you know, my uh, daughter's name being born, Catherine Marie, whatever, yeah. born on this day, you think nothing about it because you post a picture of a baby. 15, 20, 25 years later, that information is still indexed online. And when that young person becomes an adult, that's the kind of information that can be cut, repasted, yeah. turned into, manipulated, and be, be, be able to uh, steal somebody's identity, for instance. So Yeah, so this won't shock you, but neighbors of mine, we Pam and I are getting together with neighbors quite a bit. Neighbors of mine tell me they're kids, and these are both teens and young adult children. Uh, have all but vetoed <laughs> any sharing of facts or photos that include them without consent. Yeah. Um, ironically, one 19-year-old, Seth, reminded his mother that she had discussed digital citizenship. <laughs> Isn't this ironic? Uh, with him when he was in high school, and now it was time for him to kind of school her. Eh, On that exact same lesson. Yeah, yes. same, same lesson. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is uh, huge. You you actually isolated um, a, a couple potential price tags. We talked about the possibility of identity theft, but it's even more than that, right? There yeah. are lots of potential costs that could come from doing something like this. Yeah, so, so here are some of the potential price tags, listeners, that you might want to just be aware of. Number one, as we have said, stalkers may pick up details on your children and manipulate them later, yep. okay? Number two... Your kids may develop an unintentional distrust in your judgment as a parent. Yeah. I mean, they see you doing this, and they go, I don't know if I can trust you. You're too, you're too into yourself. And let's face it, some moms and dads are into themselves. Uh, number three, it can lead to identity fraud, as we said, and the distribution of information among strangers. Okay. Four, it may cause your teenager to withhold information from yeah. you. They may not say, here's what I just did and send That's a photo exactly because right. they're they afraid were, of... They were opening up, and now they're not opening up. Well, guess yeah. why? You, yeah. you know? And then lastly, my fifth one, um, and there's probably 500 of these good reasons, but sharing exposes children to the larger digital world without their consent. Now, get this, robbing them of a kind of agency. There's many, many kids today. Actually, I believe it's 32% of Gen Z members are now getting off social media. Mm. Well, if you're posting about them... You just rob them of the right or the ability to stay off social media. Yeah. Isn't that their you right? You made that choice for them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, according to Plunkett, the author we just mentioned, the underlying problem with sharenting is the same with many adult world surveillance and privacy issues. The bargain we've made in exchange for these services is that we surrender our data and choose not to imagine the worst-case scenarios. Um, and again, 32% of Gen Z are savvy enough now. Social media has been around for a while. I'm, I'm not even going to get on it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't blame them. So mm, it's so true. 
Um, and I, I think the children are seeing the downside and experiencing the downside, but it's time we started seeing it too. Yeah. I think yeah. we need a, a different uh, lifestyle and maybe just, well, we'll talk about this, a little more caution, a little more thought, but also begin to see, and I love the point that you made on this, begin seeing our kids as human beings. Yeah. And even yeah. though they may not feel like they have a lot yeah. of agency yeah. at four or five years old, yeah. they will one day. Yeah. And let's start leading them as the person they're going to become. Yeah, that's a great statement. In fact, let me just uh, say, listeners, I, I don't know if this is uh, uh, seems like an indictment. We're really trying to just encourage you in a, in a good direction. Uh, in my opinion, though, i got to be honest, too many of us are posting our life instead of living our life. Yeah. Um, too much time and energy is spent on spinning our story, filtering our photos on social media sites to appear happy, wealthy, beautiful, and it often costs our loved ones' reputations. So, Andrew, I'm just saying we're about to give some practical steps. I, 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 I'm hopeful that anybody listening to this will go, I, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm doing too much. And maybe I need to shift my energies towards something else. And we're about to share, listeners, there is a something else mm, you can do. I love that. So you've written down a couple of practical guidelines that we can follow uh, as we're parenting. So if you're a parent out there and you're wondering, what, okay, so what, what are the quote-unquote new guidelines for this? How can I make sure that I don't step uh, over the boundary? Because we're not saying never post a yeah. photo of your kids, right? That's not it. But I think it's more about what are some standards we can follow, some guardrails we can put around this, and, and what principles might we look toward to, to, to make some better choices? Yeah, absolutely. So there are four ideas. Some of these are just elementary, but I think they're fundamentals. Yes. If we were teaching basketball, this is the pass dribble shoot of, of good social media use as a, as a caring adult. Mm-hmm. So uh, number one, step number one, or guideline line number one, step into their shoes. This is always right and never wrong. Step into their shoes. Consider how you felt when someone posted a picture with you in it, and you hated the way you looked. You know, we've, I mean, even us guys that don't seem to care, we, I wish you wouldn't have posted that or whatever. Uh, You hated the way it made you look or the way it fueled a wrong narrative. Yeah. That photo doesn't tell every detail. Yep. It's out oh, of it looks like you're. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you don't know the context, so um, didn't you want to take it down? Of course you did. Well, ditto for the kids. So um, talk about your teammate Grace. Yeah. She had an experience earlier. Yeah, we on were like talking this. about this in the office, and Grace actually told us about when she got on Facebook um, as a young teen. She found a video her mom had posted of her. And uh, it was of her running into a glass door. And obviously her mom took this video, thought, oh, this is hilarious, right? And posted it without thinking about it. Well, now Grace is a young teen stepping onto Facebook. And now she's concerned about what she looks like online and how she appears. And all of a sudden what was funny to her mom is embarrassing to her as a uh, young teenager. And so she actually had to go to her mom and say, hey, would you please take that uh, post down? Which, of course, her mom did, right? But it's just a reminder of how we can post things without even thinking about yeah. What is it like to be on the other side of yeah. uh, of this video, especially when I'm doing it when they're four years old and I'm not thinking about you know what it's going to feel like when they're 13 years old? Yep. So step into their shoes. Uh, guideline two, ask yourself, do you really need to post that pic? Mm-hmm. Um, now, this may seem silly or, or elementary, but think long term and realize that you can take all the photos you want, but you don't have to post them. Yeah. You have to post everything you take. That yeah. meal you just you don't have to post that. Yeah. So um, they're great in your digital files, and, and that's even better for us than a photo album. The yeah. literal 
physical photo album. We're looking at our phones more than any photo album. But um, it's just, I just think that's just, we just need to keep them on our, on our phone or our digital file for later. I'll tell you a good example of this. It's not social media, but as an author, I made a habit, I think starting a decade ago, that as if I was going to tell a story about my kids, I would call them first and say, is this okay? Yeah. Because it's the same principle, really. There's going to be thousands of people that read that book. And I, the reason I know that is because I started writing books way back in 1984, and people would say, oh, I know about your wife because, you know, you know about my wife? How? Yeah. I read your book. Oh, my gosh. What yeah. else did I say? Uh-huh. So this is the same principle. Yeah, once yeah. you put that out there, right, it's um, yeah. it can hold you back or, or even create a challenge. You know, I think a, a really great question to ask right before you post a photo of your kid is, what am I posting this for, right? Is this to celebrate my child or is this to make me look a certain way or to make them look a certain way? And I think, you know, if if we're posting, man, what an incredible vacation, when really what we're trying to say is look at my incredible vacation, right? Uh, That the driver is often an indicator of whether or not there's wisdom in posting it. That's so true. That's good. Check the motive. That's good. All right. Guideline number three. I've said this before, but let me say it again officially now. (laughs) Play the long game. Play the long game. Consider the unintended consequences of posting. Will it alienate your child or your students if you're a teacher? Could you lose more than you gain? Um, I believe the further out you can see into the future, the better the decision you make today for your kids. Um, I, I I just believe that. So the long game always helps me make better choices for me and the kids. Absolutely. Imagine yeah. your child is a 13, 14, 15-year-old and say, what would they want? You know, yeah, as best yeah. I can, I'm trying to imagine that future. That's right. Absolutely. And then the final one, um, think impulse control. So impulsivity is something with it that high emotional intelligence helps us overcome. We yes. can manage our emotions, our impulses. So allow the idea of posting your kid's photo to move from your limbic system, where we spend a lot of time, uh, that's where you feel things, yes. to your cortex, where you think. So you want to move from your feelings to your thinking. Okay, I just tend to believe that's right. Now, are emotions important? Of course they are. And you're probably feeling deeply about your child, but you're feeling feelings that are different than your child is mm-hmm. or your child's friends are. Okay, uh, So... I would just say think impulse control, and um, yeah, just I just think these considerations consider all the potential consequences of the post, and then manage your responses. I love that. Um, yeah, your impulses. That's really it. Go down the path of worst case scenario. Is I'm, I'm an optimist, not a pessimist, but when I do that, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I can see things I wasn't thinking. And then maybe I, I have enough wisdom to stop. I love that. Yeah. So let me walk back through those really quick. So you okay. said, number one, step into their shoes. Imagine what it's like to be them. Yep. Number two, ask yourself, do you really need to post that pic, right? Yeah. Take a second and just process. Uh, play the long game. So think about who they're going to be yeah. and, and, and process what you're doing now that way. And then, of course, think impulse control, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How are we processing it, moving that decision from our limbic system to our cortex. Well, we've got two final stories. One where if this was not done quite so well, I'd love for yeah. you to share. But then we want to share what does it look like to do yeah, this well. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about them. So listeners, I'm not sure if you've heard of Daddy05, but it's a popular YouTube channel. Uh, it was, anyway, for maybe three years, between 2015 and 2017. And it was run by a couple named Michael and Heather Martin. Okay, So they drew 
hundreds of thousands of viewers by posting videos of their parenting mishaps. So at first they think, oh, this is us. We're poking fun of us. Yeah. Uh, so they start posting. And of course, they get loads of people watching these YouTube videos. Uh, so it's their parenting mishaps and their child's foibles. So at first it was about them. That Then it became, oh, look, you know, our son just bopped his head or uh-huh. whatever he yeah. did. Okay. It all seemed innocent until they were arrested on charges that it was damaging to their kids. Wow. And it wasn't the kids that started this. Yeah. So a psychologist in the trial, uh, you know, when they got arrested, uh, found that the two that two of the children who were 9 and 11 at the time had experienced and I quote observable, identifiable and substantial impairments of their mental and psychological ability to function. Wow. Because of the videos posted on social media, YouTube is social media. Yeah. And the parents had done it completely unaware of what they were doing. They love their children. In yeah. fact, they love them so much they wanted to take a video all the time. Mm-hmm. So Michael and Heather are now serving five years of probation, and the channel was completely deleted. Uh, the Martin's attorney assured the court that the couple would become, quote, more careful with their children in social media. I hope so. Well, I, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, my big question, Andrew, is what if we started caring more about developing our young people rather than documenting our young people? Yeah. So I know that's not a new thought, but could you just think about it for a minute, listeners? What if I spend as much energy focusing on developing our young people than documenting our young people? And maybe we even use social media to do just that. Absolutely. Maybe we're just repurposing the social media and, and you've got a great story. We, we love, both love this story, but would you tell the story about yeah. Liam? Because I think he's a great example, he and his parents, of doing this right. Absolutely. Liam was a, um, a college sophomore. He was actually at Yale University, yeah. one of those smart kids, right? Yeah. And he gets sent home like so many other kids were in, in 2020 during the pandemic. And once he gets home, you know, uh, I think Liam said in an interview that he played some video games for a while and tried to fill his time, but uh, really felt like he wasn't contributing that much. I know a lot of students felt stuck, like they didn't have much to do when they were at home. Well, one day his mom comes to him because of something she saw on Facebook. Okay, so there's the social media. What she had found was a, uh, a local lady uh, by the name of Carolyn. Carolyn was 85 years old, and right there towards the beginning of the pandemic, when so many of us didn't know what was really going on and we weren't really sure, she didn't feel, Carolyn didn't, comfortable uh, about going out and getting groceries for herself. She was uh, immunocompromised and just worried about what might happen to her. And so uh, uh, Liam's mom suggests that Liam goes out and Mm -hmm. goes grocery shopping on Carolyn's behalf and then brings her those groceries, and that's exactly what what he did. But Carolyn and Liam begin talking via social media, right? Building a relationship. She's so thankful for what he did, and uh, he's so grateful to get to have some sort of purpose, you know? And and they get to talking, and she brings up, you know, there's a lot of people like me who are around my age, who live near here, who are experiencing the same problem I am. And Liam says, well, that's interesting because there's a lot of people like me who are young and college students, and we're stuck at home. We don't have anything to do. And they start making the connection. If we did this, could we do this uh, on a grander scale? So it takes off, doesn't it? It does. They create their own outreach called Invisible Hands. They actually recruit via social media 3,500 college students 
to begin taking food to their elderly neighbors during the pandemic. Again, think about the difference here. A mom who looks at social media uh, not as an opportunity to post about her kid, but as an opportunity to develop her child and say, hey, Liam, while you're here, something on Facebook you need to check out. Yeah, I love this. And, And what I love about it is social media was still part of the equation, but mom wasn't thinking about, I just want to post pictures of my son. He's home from Yale during the pandemic. Yeah. She's thinking, wow, this could be redeemed. Yeah. And, 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 and of course it was. Yeah. And these students needed no help in figuring out how to solve problems and serve nope. people using this, this platform. Yeah, all they needed was to be aware. And this is one of the beautiful things yeah. that social media really should be for. Yeah, that's right. Is awareness of things like that. So yep. uh, it was a mom who was thinking long-term, just like we want our kids to think. It was a mom who was controlling impulses, just like we would like yep. our kids to do. Um, and in fact, the, those exact characteristics are the same characteristics that you find in a program like social-emotional learning, competencies like that's that. That's right. Yeah. Those things that we want our kids to develop. Uh, if you're looking for a, a, a more... Uh, practical way to have some of these conversations. Obviously, uh, changing some of our habits around social media is a big part of it. But if you're looking to be even more intentional, um, we would submit to you our Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning program. I think it's a great way. It's not the only way, but it's a really great way that we're quite fond of to have some of these conversations about uh, controlling impulses and thinking long-term and making wise Mm -hmm. choices and all of those things. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, uh, go on over to growingleaders.com slash S-E-L, and you can find out more about Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning. Um, as always, if you uh, are interested, we would love for you to rate this podcast. Give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your pod- your podcast. We would love for you to rate us there. If you found this podcast particularly helpful, uh, share it with a friend. Pass it along. Uh, if you uh, would like to connect with us on social media, we try and post some positive things uh, as often as we can. We would love to connect with you there. We're at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, people we should interview, um, subjects you'd like for us to talk about, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. Tim, thank you so much for challenging us and helping us think about what we post online, being a little bit more wise about that. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time.